Welcome to Mr. and Mrs. Therapy, the podcast that empowers you to transform life's challenges into opportunities for personal growth and healthier relationships. We're your hosts, Tim and Ruth Olson, licensed marriage and family therapists and trauma experts. As experienced therapists with backgrounds in addressing trauma and mental health disorders, we believe there is hope and there certainly is healing. We've spent our lives supporting people through the ups and downs, and we want to share these insights with you. Together, we'll unravel the layers of personal growth healing from trauma, and building healthy relationships. Each week, we'll bring you engaging conversations, expert insights, and practical strategies to help you heal from the past, foster healthy communication, and develop enduring love. This podcast is your guide to transforming adversity into triumph, healing wounds and past trauma, gaining wisdom and insight, and creating meaningful, fulfilling connections. So if you're here to heal, to better understand yourself or your relationships, you're in the right place. So sit back, get comfortable, bring your trauma and your drama, and let's start healing. Welcome Welcome to to Mr. and Mrs. Mrs. Therapy. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. We're excited to have you here with us today. Now, we are going to be discussing quality time. Now, if you'd like some quality time with the community, we have a Facebook group that you can join. We have a link in the description down below. And we are going to have a question for everybody about what is the quality time that they feel the most fulfilled by. And we'd love for you to join in that discussion and let us know what activities your loved ones can do with you that really fill your tank. All right, so let's dive right in. So in the last couple of episodes, we overviewed what the five love languages are. Then we broke down words of affirmation in acts of service. And so like Tim said, today we're going to be talking about quality time. So quality time is my secondary love language. And this applies to my relationship with Tim, but it also ranks second for me when I'm talking about friends and family as well. And then for me, quality time is number four on the list. I definitely can enjoy activities with people and engaging with them, but circumstances kind of have to be primed. And if they're not primed, it's much less enjoyable. But when it's prime, like I can really get into it and have a lot of fun. So it's my second to the highest and it's Tim's second to the lowest. So when we look at quality time, this love language is really centered on spending meaningful and undistracted time together. It's about giving someone your undivided attention and being together in a way that really fosters that deeper emotional connection. It's not just about being in the same physical space where you're side by side, maybe watching TV, but truly engaging with each other. So if you're sitting down and you are rolling a ball on the ground with your child, you're not focused in on the ball. You're focused in on your child and their responses and their giggling and them crawling after it. And that's the same thing when you think about quality time. It's not the activity that you do, but it's that connection with the other person, that quality time that you're trying to get at. And so we'll talk about different ways that you can experience quality time together, but when we do, just remember that it really is about deepening that connection with the other person and just spending that quality time with them regardless of what you're doing. And I think sometimes this can be a little bit confusing for people who are quality time people. But a good example is if Ruth and I are sitting down, we're watching a show together, it does kind of get under her skin or it can make her feel like quality time isn't very valuable if we're also on our phones while we're watching the show. And I think a part of it is when we're watching the show, right? It's like, oh, did you see that? Oh, and what's your response to that? And so it's a lot of times when we're watching shows, we're engaging in conversation or dialogue about what's happened. And so then that's the quality time. But 
if my nose is buried in my phone and I don't see something that happened on screen, then it diminishes our ability to connect in that moment because now I don't know what she's talking about. Right. So when we talk about the key components of quality time, the first is undivided attention. And this involves putting aside all distractions, like Tim was saying, the phone or any other tasks or things that can distract you from your partner and focusing solely on your partner. It's about being present in the moment and actively participating in this time you spent together. And this is really important because even though you're not doing an activity together, if you're just living daily life together and your partner comes up to you and asks you questions or starts talking to you and you're listening to them, but you're on your phone kind of scrolling or maybe even checking your calendar or emails, you're not giving them your undivided attention. And so I would say in general, in your marriage, when your spouse is talking, please put down your phone and look at them and talk to them. But especially with people whose love language is quality time, this is especially important. So the next one is active engagement. So what that means is you're participating in meaningful conversations. You're sitting and listening and taking in what they have to say, but then you're also then responding back to them. Also, part of this active engagement is being genuinely interested in your partner's thoughts and feelings and experiences. Now, that last one really hits me, the experiences, because that is totally Ruth. When she feels something soft, she's like, oh, you got to feel this. And she will hold it out and she will not like relent unless I touch this thing. Or she's even been like, oh, this smells awful. Here, smell this. She she wants me to share in all of her experiences. It makes her feel closer to me when I know exactly what she's talking about. And that's both good and bad. And so it's so funny. Like if I think something smells bad, I'll ask her to smell it, not because I want her to experience that, but because I'm asking for a second opinion. I'm not sure. Is this bad? Like this just happened last night. There was some milk that was like, bordering on being bad. And I smelled it and I was like, well, it doesn't really smell bad, but it smells a little off. And then I have Ruth smell it. And so then she smells, she's like, yeah, I think that's bad. And so I used it as collective information to make a decision. But if I just smelled it and I was like, oh, that's rank, I would not have asked her to smell it because quality time isn't very high on my list. I don't need her to know what I experience. To me, it's the same if I just tell her what I've experienced versus actually having her experience it. But for you, it's not that way. Yeah, definitely. I like the way you put that that for you, it's collective information. And for me, it's really a shared experience. And this for me, I love when we are sitting down talking. There's a difference when Tim is just kind of listening to my story or listening to what I'm talking about versus when he starts to give his thoughts and opinions and show interest in what I'm sharing. So if it's just a story I love when he looks engaged and he's like nodding his head or he's saying, oh yeah, that happened? Or he's asking questions. Or if it's a topic that we're discussing, I love to hear his thoughts about it. And when he kind of gets excited and talks about things, I love engaging in that conversation with him. So even though that one side, he is listening to me, it's more fulfilling for me when he's engaging as well. So the third key component is shared activities. And this is doing things together that you both enjoy, which kind of create a shared memory and that shared experience. And it can include hobbies, physical activities, board games, cooking together, or attending like concerts or different events. And we talked about this briefly in the last episode where Tim gave the example of when he cooks with me, he kind of gets double points. Because my highest is acts of service and my second is quality time. So by him cooking with me, that's helping us 
you know, do a service and finish something I have to do anyway with cooking for the family, but we're also doing it together. And so I love when we are cooking together or baking together. And so it's not just these like date nights that you're going on and you're spending quality time together, but even in your everyday life where you are just engaging together or spending time doing the daily things together. Yeah, and I can see that she just lights up when we're engaging with each other doing things. And it can even be something small. We have a little bit of a competitive streak between Ruth mm-hmm. and I. And so we'll be in bed and she opens up this game that we're competing against each other in. And if I see her do that, I'll pull mine up also. And even though this game is an individual game and you're playing it by yourself, because we're doing it at the same time and we're competing against each other at the score, that still is quality time. And then we're engaging with each other. We're kind of teasing about the other person's score or we're uh, boasting about how good a score we just got or something like that. And so there's even little things like that where if you're quality time and you find there's these ways that you can connect, just like you were saying, Ruth, it doesn't have to be this big grand gesture. It can just be a small activity like that. And sometimes this is a difference between male and female in how quality time shows up. And so I think it was in the Love and Respect series where he talks about a setting being done where they put two chairs in a room side by side and they put two girl best friends in the room and they send the two girls in and immediately they turn the chairs toward each other and start talking. So they do a lot of face-to-face talking and connecting where when they put two guys that are best friends in the room, they keep their chairs side by side and they still engage in conversation every once in a while looking over each other. But that a lot of their connection is more side by side. And so quality time may differ depending on your preferences. I know I said to put the phone down and look at each other, and that is so important to look at each other and have that conversation. But there are times where you're going to do activities side by side, kind of like Tim was talking about with that game we play, or if we go out and we play mini golf, or if we're just at home and we're playing a board game together and engaging in that, because those are things that we like to do, but you might not be a board game family. But for us, we love to do that. And so that's a combination for us of kind of that side by side where we are doing things and playing things together, but we're also engaging and doing that face-to-face talking. So for people who are quality time, the importance that this is in their relationship is that when somebody is choosing to spend their time with them, It makes them feel loved and closely linked to them. And that quality time really is about helping them to feel cherished and understood and like they are a priority in your life. When you're really connecting with them and not being on your phone or being distracted by something else going on and you're really just focusing on them, it tells them you are important to me. I will stop everything else so that I can be here with you in this moment. So a couple of examples of things that you could do that are geared towards quality time are things like planning a special date night to focus on just the two of you, take a walk together where you talk about each other's dreams and aspirations, engaging in shared hobbies, showing interest in each other's passions, regularly setting aside time for deep, uninterrupted conversation. And so these are a little more specific examples. You could go see a play together, make sure that you have eye contact while talking You take a class together, whether that's painting or pottery or cooking class. You can volunteer together, go for a bike ride together, go to a sporting event, read a book together. And this is actually a really good one that I like when couples do together is to get a book and read out loud together. So one person reads and then you can switch if you want or if that person wants to read the whole thing, 
but then it allows you to be reading the same book at the same time and then there's great discussion that comes immediately after. And you can be reading the same book and then come back together and talk about it, but there's something about like just hearing it in the here and now together sparks and spurs on that conversation. Whereas if you read the book separately and you come back together, you may remember certain parts or you may remember to talk about it with them. But I do love when I recommend a book to couples, a lot of times I'll also recommend that they just read it together. You can go to bed at the same time. You can run errands together, play a board game, play cards together, play video games together, have lunch together, go on a picnic together, take a road trip, have a movie night, or try a new restaurant together. And there's a lot of different things that you could do for quality time, but hopefully that gives you just some ideas. And just like Tim said, we would love for you to come over to the Facebook group and share on the thread for quality time, what do you like to do or what kind of quality time activities or things really are the most impactful and meaningful to you. So we took time and we talked about what quality time is and how to provide good quality time to your partner. But now all we want to do are talk about some don'ts, some things you want to make sure you avoid or are actively careful about, especially if your partner is quality time. So I know we've kind of already mentioned this before, but we want to reemphasize this. Don't be distracted. When you are spending time with them, if you want to really get the benefit of trying to fill their love tank or their love bank by being there with them, you want to make sure that you are fully engaged with them, that you are not on your phone, that you're not getting distracted or you're not paying attention to other things, but you are there and you are focusing on and you are paying attention to them. Another thing to avoid is overbooking your schedule so you don't have enough time to spend with your partner. Or another thing is failing to plan or initiate time together. So overbooking your schedule where you're consistently too busy to spend time together can really be hurtful to your spouse. And it can be interpreted as the lack of interest or care for them, especially when you're having more time spent with friends or other people and not spending the quality time with your spouse who really needs that quality time. And when we look at the failing to plan or initiate time together, a lot of times quality time does involve planning and effort. Not always the case. You could, you know, go downstairs and like I said, just cook with your spouse or you see something that they're already doing and they need to get done and you come alongside them and you do it with them. But there are times where, you know, you'll get bonus points because you are showing that you are taking initiative to really spend time with them. And it can make your partner feel unimportant when you don't plan these things or you don't initiate and you kind of are waiting for them to ask you. But if you know your partner's love language is quality time and you are the one initiating that quality time, that makes them feel so loved. The next one is prioritizing other activities over planned time together. So if you have planned a specific time where you're going to be spending time with your quality time partner and then something else comes up and then that trumps that time that you're going to spend with your partner, that really can be devastating. It can absolutely make them feel like they are second place and they're not very important. And that's the whole thing that people who are quality time, that's what they see when you spend that time with them that, oh, I'm important. Oh, I'm valuable. And this is something that, again, when we're talking about love languages, it's not something that you can just perform like once a week or once every other week or once every three weeks. That's just not how healthy relationships work. The way I always like to describe it to people is that when you're in a relationship and you're trying to keep that relationship healthy, it's like eating. 
you need to eat three times a day, you should be doing loving things with your partner at least three times a day. Whether it's a small activity, medium activity, big activity, you need to regularly participate, right? So if you think about it, you can't just eat one really big meal and be good for the rest of the week. You're still going to be hungry tomorrow. And so then you're going to have to eat again tomorrow. So it's more about being consistent with the loving activity rather than trying to get a big chunk of it and then kick the can down the road because it really just doesn't work that way. Another thing to avoid is superficial or forced interactions. Where quality time should really be genuine and meaningful, where you're not just going through the motions. And so if your spouse wants to spend time with you and they're like, hey, let's hang out or let's let's sit and talk. Or they're like, hey, can we go on a walk and talk? And then you sit down and you're just like, well, what do you want to talk about? Where then it feels like you're just going through the motions and you're just doing it, but clearly you're not engaged or it's not genuine. It's not something that you're wanting to do. But like we always talk about, filling your partner's love bank and speaking their love language is something that will benefit you both. And you want to be doing and you want to look for ways to serve and love and speak their love language. So it's not something where you just want to check the box, but you really want to show up in a genuine way. Another one is missing everyday opportunity to have small positive moments with each other. And again, sometimes it feels like, oh, I should be doing big grand gestures. But generally, relationships are healthy because of lots of small positive interactions. And so even though it might just be a small moment or a small conversation or just a small time of engagement, you don't want to overlook those because... If you stop and really try to make that moment quality, then it's beneficial. Because the thing is, it's not quantity time, it's quality time. So you can turn any moment into a quality moment, quality time, if you stop and you pay attention and you make sure that you're engaged in that moment. And this can be like having coffee together in the morning or a brief conversation before bed where you just kind of check in and you ask them about the highlight of their day. And I think... When I was reading off the examples, one of the examples is going to bed at the same time. And I do think that could really fill the love tank of someone with quality time because when you go to bed at the same time, you don't feel like disconnected or separate. But there's a lot of great conversations that could come in just laying in bed together and talking. But when you're constantly going to bed at separate times and they're doing their own thing and you're doing your own thing, that's okay if that's what you guys choose. But there is kind of a separateness to that. And so I would encourage you to try, if your spouse's love language is quality time, try for two weeks, three weeks, a month, where maybe you don't even say anything to them, but just purposely when you see them getting ready for bed, get ready for bed too and go to bed at the same time and just see in the next month what happens with that. And the last thing we're going to talk about on what to avoid is ignoring or downplaying the importance of quality time. So if you aren't quality time, sometimes it is hard to understand why that person wants to spend so much time together. And you can maybe be complaining to other people where you're like, oh, she always wants to be with me. Or can I just have some time on my own? Yes, alone time is important and having separate time is important. But you don't want to downplay and or ignore your spouse's need for this language. These love languages is what fill their tank up. And so we're not saying to do this all the time and spend every waking breath together if your spouse is quality time, but making sure that you acknowledge the importance of this love language for them and making sure that you're not having long periods 
where you're apart or you're not checking in. Because for the person with quality time, that connection is so important. All right, you guys, we hope that this episode was helpful. And we hope this episode encourages you to be intentional with spending quality time with those you love. Have a great day. And remember, your mind is a powerful thing. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. We hope that you enjoyed today's episode and found it helpful. If so, would you take 30 seconds and share it with a friend? Also, we'd love for you to leave us a review on Apple Podcast. It lights us up to know that this podcast is helping you. If you have any questions or a topic you'd like discussed in future episodes, visit our Facebook group. Just click the link in the description below. Although we are mental health providers, this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to provide diagnosis or treatment. If you are struggling with persistent mental health issues, chronic marital issues, or feeling hopeless or suicidal, you are not alone. Help is available. Please seek professional help or call the National Suicide Hotline at 988. Thank you again for joining us on Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. Remember, there's always hope and there's always help.